What's going on everybody, this be your boy DJ Anonymous with Sports Biz Music, the podcast, episode 18, and I got a special guest, Christy Carter. Yes, Christy <laughs> Carter, C-A-R-T-E-R. So introduce yourself to the people. Okay, so yes, my name is Christy Carter. Um, I started out as Story, that's how most people would know of me as Story. They don't recognize me as, they say... Her face looks familiar, but that name doesn't ring a bell. Because when I started out, my name was Story. Why, 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 why did you choose that name at first? Um, I grew out of it. You know, it was a name I created um, back in 2013. Mm-hmm. Over time, um, there was just so many things that happened in my life in which I grew. And I completely mm-hmm. outgrew that name. I got tired of hearing it. Mm-hmm. It, sound, it gave me, like, this very corny kind of vibe like when people would call me story i'll forget mm-hmm. that it was my name mm-hmm. and you know i was more so leaning towards my true self so i said let me just go with my birth name and just keep it simple because mm-hmm. i love my name because christy the definition of christy is follower of christ mm-hmm. and i'm trying to take my music like in a more spiritual direction where i can mix spiritual with new era mm-hmm. And soul and trap, like all in one, if that makes sense. No, that makes sense. Yeah, so. your last name is really it's Carter. Carter. You know that's a that's a strong last name, and especially in the music industry. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. A lot of people say they always ask you related to to uh, Lil Wayne. I like, come on, though. No. Like no, Lil Wayne, Jay Z, like it's it's yeah. a lot of. Mm-hmm. When she was Carter in the music industry, you know, yeah. <laughs> I'm ready to meet my family. <laughs> so um, what 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 was the starting point of the music? Like even like falling in love with music before you created music. When did all that start? Um, I mean, I want to say it started in church. Mm-hmm. You know, me me being a kid, being a choir mm-hmm. that I did not want to be in, mm-hmm. in front of a whole bunch of faces that I didn't want to see. Um, I started uh, watching. It was more so movies that got me into music. The Temptations, Temptations and the Five Heartbeats. Okay. Those were the, my two favorite movies of all time. What about Sister Act? Sister Act Two. I want to say that. <laughs> Sister Act Two. Yeah, Sister Act Two. Yeah. Kind of, sort of, but not like the Temptations and the Five Heartbeats. I watched them religiously, like every weekend, as if I'd never watched it before. Mm-hmm. And it was just because yeah, my mother. Um, she had me at 35, so okay. my mother is 61 right now, so mm. she's very old school. So all the music that I grew up on was very old school. See, mm. Sister Act, they, that was like, what, the 90s? They yeah, like 90s. 90s. Whatever. And then you got music like the Temptations and the Five Heartbeats. It takes you all the way back like, yeah. to the 60s, the 50s, and so forth, you know. And that's where my, I feel like that's where my spirit it lies because mm-hmm. I mean if my mom had me at the time that she should have I would be like what 30 something right now mm-hmm. but yeah I have an old soul so I mean, that's the same thing. My mom had me, I believe, at like when she was like 32, 33, so she's about almost 60. I don't want to put her, her, her age out there. But um, I get what she mean, because I always tell people, like, growing up, I listen to, like, the Commodores, the Isley Brothers, um, a whole bunch of old school, you know, uh, artists. And then as I got older, um, when I was like seven or eight, my mom used to always listen to Lauryn Hill. You know, so that's when I had got introduced. 
Yeah, Lauren Hill is everybody auntie. Yeah. <laughs> See, my mom, she don't know nothing about like Lauren Hill or Erica Badu or Jill Scott. She's more so like Commodores, yeah. Temptations. That's what she grew up on. Mm. But what I would tell her, because you know, when I would play music from them, I would say, this is pretty. This is the new era. Mm -hmm. Like what you used to listen to. They're pretty much following in that same footstep. You mm -hmm. know, they're not taking their in a direction where they feel like most people will listen. They're taking their music in a direction where they feel like most people should listen, mm -hmm. like if that makes sense. No, that makes sense. Yeah, so that's what I want to do. I want to make music or, you know, just listen to music that I feel like I can be proud of, that my mom can be proud of. So you, so pretty much you was, you was basically influenced by the old school. Yeah, yeah. Old school, like old school blues and gospel music. That's mm -hmm. what influenced so so um it always been like that like like middle school high school did you start like listening to like rap hip-hop yeah i want to say middle school mm -hmm. when i started you know listening to like hip-hop i wasn't very um fond of like tupac and biggie like how everyone else is yeah. i didn't know nothing about them you know mm -hmm. In middle school hanging around with my friends um i started I moved out of my mom's house and I was staying with my aunt because mm -hmm. I wanted to be around my cousins. They were listening to hip hop, so it influenced me, you know, at a at an older age than everyone else. Mm -hmm. So it never really clicked with me. Even to this day, hip hop is not my favorite genre. But mm -hmm. you know, if there's like a good enough flow, yeah. or like the beat is dope, the message mm -hmm. is fire, then yeah, you know. So so. so uh, High school, um, you went to Broward College. Yeah. Do you, are you are you still going to, or, or are you just taking a break from school? Well, right now, yeah, I'm taking a break from school for the simple fact that I'm trying to put more attention, you know, mm -hmm. to my music. And um, personally, like, I just didn't feel like I was putting my time into something. Mm -hmm. I just feel like. If I'm gonna go to school, I should go to school doing something that I have like a passion and that I love doing and something that'll keep me there. Cause I've mm -hmm. been to school three times. I've went, left, went, left, went, mm -hmm. left, and I haven't been back since. You know, so until I find something that I need in school, for now it's music, just working on my music. So, so what, what was the first track that you ever recorded? How old you was? Um, my first track, um, 1999 at that time, I uh, was, this is 2018, let's say five years ago. So I was like, yeah, like 20 years old at that time when mm -hmm. I dropped 1999. And, um, this is a dope track. Yeah, thank When you. I thought about 1999, I thought about, I thought about Prince, yeah. honestly. Yeah, and to be honest with you, like when I came up with the concept of 1999, I didn't even realize that there were so many other songs like it. Like, yeah, I didn't know. Yeah, like, like Common had 1999. I didn't know 1999 um, was a thing, like, until after, literally after I dropped the track. Like, mm -hmm. people, I started hearing people say Party Like It's 1999. Yeah. I'm like, what? It was actually a thing. I did not know that, because I'm not really into you know, the outside world like that. I'm a, I'm a homebody. So yeah. to know that I made something without even hearing it first, that mm -hmm. kind of related, I just felt like I was in, you mm -hmm. know, the right place. So so speaking about 1999, what, what, was the, what was the process about it? What's the story behind it? Um, 1999 was just, I was bitten 
I was venting. Mm. I missed my childhood. I missed how things used to be, and not necessarily um, responsibilities as an adult, mm. but the freedom to pretty much just, you know, the innocence of being mm. young. Back in the 90s, like everything was so much different. The music, it was well thought out. Mm. It wasn't about entertaining, it was about talent back then. Shows were better. I mean, more kids outside, and it's. I just miss that, you know, in general. Not necessarily, you know, to party, but as far as um, just society as a whole was so much better back mm. then. And I just wanted to relive it for what three minutes in mm. the track. So yeah, that's what that. That's what it was. Yeah, cause when I thought about 1999, I thought about wrestling. Cause wrestling was like, you know, the RIP to the WWF is WWE now, but. I was like, that was like the greatest year. Cause one, that's when I, I so when I was young, cause I was like, what, 99? I was like eight, seven. So really when I started watching wrestling, wrestling for real, it was 99, 2000. And that was like the golden era of everything. Music, um, sports entertainment, movies, like everything was just like perfect, you know. Um, <laughs> the good old days. It so. almost brings you to tears sometimes because mm. it just makes you, it, it really makes you compare today mm. to back then. It's yeah. Actually, so actually, on my last episode, uh, well, a couple episodes ago with Galliano, uh, we discussed the, the which, which was the golden era of, of you know, hip hop, music in general, but hip hop. She said the 90s, I said the 2000s because the reason why is that. You know, the 90s was, you know, she said, like, which is true, it was more for the soul. Like, people took it more seriously. 2000s is more like, you know, people were showing out. But at the same time, you still seen, like, they they still loved it for it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, the money, because the money was greater, you know. It was, you know, the beginning of the new millennium and stuff like that. But you had the Kanye West that came out during that time. And, you know, I... I tell people all the time, I love and miss that Kanye. Yeah. Probably dropout, you know what I'm saying? Uh, late registration. Graduation, my favorite. That's my that's, favorite. Yeah. That's my favorite one of all time, that. like from, from from his category, so for his catalog. So. And see, I don't even listen to, to hip hop, but mm-hmm. Graduation, that was one album of Kanye's mm-hmm. from start to finish that mm-hmm. I love. Like Kanye, mm-hmm. Drake, yeah. um, who else? Charles Gambino. Charles Gambino like, I, I came to up him yeah. a lot too. Like, well, not necessarily in the 2000, like in the beginning of 2000. He was late. He was. He was late 2000. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Way late, but I'm yeah. just saying, like hip hop in general, because mm. you know that it's not really my thing. Mm. But that was when I was more so interested. Like, what, what was that song? Um, Juvenile. Juvenile. Oh, um, he had a lot of songs. Um, yeah, in my life. Yeah, you bad. Yeah. Oh, oh, um, yeah. bet that, bet that, yeah. Up. yeah. yeah. That, like, at that time, because it was so catchy, that's what kind of opened up my ears to mm-hmm. hip-hop at that time. Like, music like that, something mm-hmm. that can give me, like, a, a vibe and, you know, get me up on my seat. That's what got me interested. Mm-hmm. And then later on, it was lyrics, and then after that, it was flow, and mm-hmm. after that, it was melody. So. Mm-hmm. With me, I always tell people, like, I wasn't really a lyrical person, but, you know, you was a biggie, Tupac, J. Cole... Kendrick, Ludacris, like Eminem, like I'm naming just artists that yeah. like I'm not just gonna listen to the I'm listening to their lyrics, you know, Nas, like 
but I always felt like the beat is like the the core. It's the beat, the the beat and the the um the chorus. You know what I'm saying? Like that's like the core of the the whole song. You know, in the 2000s, you know, it was that's. I feel like that's when people start appreciating more about the beats and the meta needs and things like that, rather than you know the lyrics and stuff. Don't get me wrong, the lyrics, you know, you, that's one of the first things. But but see, like back then, like the bars weren't as like like you hit them bars nowadays. Like mm-hmm. how they like how rappers can take mm-hmm. their words and I can't explain it. You know bars. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They didn't have that many bars like back in the days. Mm-hmm. Back in the day was more so about rhyming. Like, yeah, you had to rhyme. Yeah, but now it's all about you know. It's 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 like Kendrick, Lil Wayne, like mm-hmm. J Cole. Especially Lil Wayne, and, yeah. like, he just write bar after his vo- bar. His vocab his vo- his vocabulary is very like it's yeah. unlimited. Like this man, I was I was like tell people like Lil Wayne vocabulary is like you can't deny the dude like. You know, people like him and Kendrick and uh, Scarface, like, it's, it's a whole bunch of artists that, you know, Busta Rhymes, like, they just very creative, you know? So, after 1999, I, I don't know if you had songs in between, because you had uh, Dark Liquor was on there too. Tell me about that track, because... Um, okay, so Dark Liquor, I released Valentine's Day of 2000. responding to him in a way you mm-hmm. know me what I would do like normally if I'm stuck at home while my man is probably on his way home from a tour or something yeah. like that I'll probably be you know have me a glass of wine you know some, at the time I had Hennessy so that's what I wrote about dark liquor and you know just waiting just pretty much giving that female perspective of what we go through when we're waiting because he made the song sound like you know baby don't go I love you and have these people feel like damn don't leave him he really love you girl he out there just making his music but it's not easy mm-hmm. for a woman especially if she doesn't understand like you know she supports you but she don't understand how if you really love her how you can leave her you know like that and that song was just me just responding to you know what some women what goes on through their head when it comes to their significant other being out all the time and not showing them any attention. It's like neglect, but yeah, you know. yeah. Cause it kind of remind me of uh, you know, the artist Sparkle. Yeah. With her R. Kelly. Be careful. I was, yeah, that was like a response, I guess, to Women's Foot Up, I mm-hmm. believe. Yeah. And like, to me, that's 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 that was my like comparison. Mm-hmm. And you know, you don't really get you don't really get that no more. You know, you have you remember Usher confessions and yeah. stuff, and you know uh, Trey songs. Uh, what's it called? Passion. What was it love? Passion. What album? Love. It was love, passion, pleasure. I think. I have no idea. I forgot the name of the album, but you don't really you don't really get that. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Um, if, uh, before I go to the next track, you know, a lot of people 
they'll say they'll feel that R and B is, is dead. Yeah. Do you feel that? I don't feel that it's dead. Mm-hmm. I just I feel like it's still there. Mm-hmm. It's just right now there's a wave that's going on. That's like trap. I feel like trap is the wave. Like even R and B singers are merging their tra- merging trap with R and B. Like mm-hmm. I feel like something that vibe because I listen to the to the youth. Like mm-hmm. my my younger siblings, like my nieces, my cousins, and I ask them what they're interested in, and they're interested in like trap, like that music that that real, you know, it speaks the truth, that's relatable, and also have that that vibe, you know. So like a Bryson Tiller, like that trap soul. Yeah, trap soul and like Kodak. Yeah. Like, Kodak, that. that's I a, you that. know, all uh, pumping, no, no 954 in the building. I love Kodak. Kodak sounds like my entire childhood. Mm. Like, when I listen to his music, he reminds me of all my family members. Like, <laughs> everybody, like, in one track. And, see, not, if you're not from Pompano, you won't understand Kodak. Because there's a lot of people out there that hate Kodak because of, you know, what he does with his personal life or whatever, mm. just the music he makes. But I just see it as... Hey, I he, even, he's from where I'm from. I didn't even know that it had a part in Pompano called the Know You, right? The Know You. The Know You Projects. Well, that's um the Ugly Corner. Yeah. That's um off of like Henry. Ninety five, like this block, like the the um when you're on ninety five, you can't really see the neighborhoods like it's blocked because the the thing is lifted. Yeah, yeah, you can't you can't yeah. see it. Um, it's a little small hood, yeah. you know, corner store, houses, whatever. I grew up around there, you know, my entire life. So, I mean, it looks way better than it did back in the yeah. days. They fixed it up a little bit, but yeah. yeah. My church, my childhood church is literally right there on the mm. corner. It was knocked down after my granddad sold it. Now mm. they build it up to another church yeah. or whatever, but. I'll be yeah. trying to tell people, we, like, Florida, even though we, we're a lot different from a lot of the other southern states, you know, this still the bubble built. Like, I always tell, um, people because they think of the bubble bill they think about alabama mississippi louisiana the carolinas kentucky but florida's the bubble bill too like people from up north like new york and like out west they'll say like dang like you know south florida like when you go to dayton broward and palm beach there's always a a church or whatever yeah. either it's a baptist church a catholic church For real, there's two always... churches in my neighborhood like and they're less than a mile apart mm-hmm. like less than a mile like even in dillard, dillard mm-hmm. there's, yes, there's a lot of churches there's like yeah. well it's not two it's more than one but yeah. as far as what i can see outside of my school two churches you know so i mean but i feel like see with that it's so many like with the church i feel like there's more real people outside of church. Of course, yeah. Inside of church. I so. agree, because, like, don't get me wrong, I'm one of the people, I don't really go to, like, growing up, my grandma, she was, like, she was one of the few church women that, like, loved to go to church, and she loved it, like, she was in the choir. Mm-hmm. So, me and my nephews and my siblings, we was all, like, raised in the church, you know what I'm saying? Like, my mom, everybody was raised, like, you know, in the church. So after like probably like middle schoolish, I stopped going because one, uh, my grandma she wasn't really wasn't able to go to church no more after her second stroke. Mm. So she couldn't really you know go no more. So because she was like, it was her and my older sister. They was like the ones that you know always made sure I went to church. Mm-hmm. But 
as I got grown, like, I, you know, it, it was times, you know, you kind of lose your faith, you know? Yeah. Like, when I was in 11th grade, I lost faith in everything, you know what I'm saying? But I always tell people, if you haven't, if you haven't went through that, yeah. or, like, just question it a little bit, you you don't really believe, because I believe after that, like, I really was like, you know what, maybe it was just me, you know, questioning a lot of things, because my 11th grade year was the most hardest year, like, you know, my grandma, she was sick and stuff, you know, my, I was doing football, that was like my first year playing varsity football, um, my grades wasn't, my grade, I had good grades, but it wasn't at my expectations, you know, I had to get ready for college, you know, taking them, them standard testing and stuff like that, so, but after that, I'm like, I feel like if it wasn't for that challenge, you know, I wouldn't be as close to, you know, to God than I was, you know, five, six, seven years ago, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But same, same it's, it's true though, like, you know, it's not a lot of, I'm not saying not everybody is, is, is fake in church, but you don't have that no more. Yeah. You don't have the the genuine people that be like, come to church, you know? Yeah. But I was I always felt like, nowadays, you, if you don't go to church, you the devil. I'm like, no, I'm not. I yeah. pray every day, I yeah. pray when I get up. I always pray before I eat. Yeah. I pray when I go, before I go to sleep, but even in between, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Randomly, like, it'll just, it'll happen. See, I drive far. I drive 20 miles to work every mm -hmm. day, you know? And um, I pray every morning before I get on that road. Mm -hmm. I take the turnpike all the way from Pumpkin Hill to Delray. Mm -hmm. Well, it's not 20 miles. It's more like 15, something like mm -hmm. that. But, um, yeah, I pray, you know, when I wake up, I pray when I get to work, you know, mm -hmm. thanking him for getting me there safely because I've seen so many accidents or was in traffic because of so many accidents and back when I was younger my grandfather he built our church like our family mm -hmm. church he built that from the ground up and he was the pastor bishop he had a stroke he actually had multiple strokes the first stroke he had was during service I remember that day like it was yesterday I may have been like eight seven or eight or something like that and I mm -hmm. remember that day because it was weird you know he walked off off the pool pit and I'm like church ain't over like you know normally church lasts a lot longer you know as a kid yeah you know you waiting for church to be over and i'm like what church over that <laughs> you knew something was yeah, wrong something so, was off. yeah he had that stroke then and you know everything kind of fell apart he was like the one that held us together when it came to church mm -hmm. and all of that and i feel like you know over like the years so many changes happened with me where I would meet new people, they would give me their perspective on God, mm. it would shift my views because, you know, I ain't gonna lie, like, it made a lot of sense, you know, I just didn't understand how, you know, um, back in the days, you know, as slaves, mm. how they took everything from us, like, everything they took, we couldn't color, we couldn't do anything that progressed, like, our minds, mm. but they give us a Bible freely, like, it's nothing, you know? Mm. And I feel like over time, the Bible was perverted, you know, mm. the word isn't how it was years and, and years And they had ago. different types of Bibles too at that, like yeah. this whole bunch of different... Yeah, exactly. They so, claimed that the real Bible is in Jer Jerusalem, no, was it Jerusalem? I think I heard that too, it may yeah. be Jerusalem, because I heard... Yeah, like they said like a whole bunch of people, like a whole bunch of security, like they got it, like you yeah. can't, you can't like go to... It's like the Declaration of Independence. Like, that's how, you know, viable it is. But what me is that I read the Bible time to time, 
But then again, that goes back to like, you don't have to always read it. I always felt like you read it when you want to, when you need it, in terms of like, when you need a message. And you write like, it, it, it's like, it, it, get re, it get, it it like people rewrite it. You know, the man, people tend to forget the man wrote the, the, the Bible, you know what I'm saying? Beginning to end, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it just, like growing up, you know, I went to a Catholic church. Catholic, not Catholic church, a Catholic school. Mm-hmm. My church is, is Episcopal. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's kind of close. It's like right. cousins to the Catholics. So, right. But they see us as, um, what they call it? Damn, I just, what's, the, what's the word? Uh, damn, I forgot the name. I forgot. I wouldn't help you, but I don't know. <laughs> I forgot, cause like you know, you got you either you know back in the day, you know, either you Christian or you you um, Catholic or whatever. I forgot the name of the um, the damn thing. But anyway, <laughs> but they used to always tell us about sin and the different sins and things like that. And you know, it's important to read the Bible every day and things like that. I don't know. I just never been that type of person to like. What's about like Jehovah Witnesses? Mormons? Them people, them type of people. Mm-hmm. Like. Because I had some Mormons come over my house mm-hmm. one day, like trying to tell me about the Bible, like a, a different Bible, though, mm-hmm. like not the Holy Bible, King mm-hmm. James, but a different Bible. But. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, shout out to them. I don't have no, you know, I ain't have nothing against them. Yeah. My only thing with, especially with Jehovah's Witnesses, I feel like they try to force you in it. Yeah. You can't force somebody to 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 believe in something. Right. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It Knocking just, on doors. Yeah. Like that. I always felt like that was a bit much, but in a way, spiritually, um, I understood. Yeah, because, yeah. Because, you know, in the Bible, it speaks of us, you know, going out and helping those mm-hmm. that are lost, you know. But when they wake up. Early in the morning, come knocking at your door at 10 o'clock, 9 o'clock, you're not even up yet. That's my only problem. Yeah. But I was young back then. They don't do that as much as they did back in the days. Like, I don't get no Jehovah Witnesses knocking on my door. Because of Friday. Huh? Because of Friday. You know the movie Friday? Uh, you think that's why? Yeah. I'm saying. I'm saying that's why. But, um... The, the the other track because you know we this this is a great conversation, mm-hmm. um, but I don't want to forget about the Cool Kids um, track. You yeah. were telling me about a little bit about like why you wrote it and stuff like that before the podcast, but I want you to you know share with the people and why what's the story behind it and the process of doing it because it was a, it's an awesome track. Yeah. You know? Thank you. Um, when I wrote the track, um, it was pretty much based off of my social life which is like non-existent you know I don't really have like friends that I hang out with like on a consistent basis you know it's every once in a while and I always appreciate anytime I hang out with you know cool people but I never I was never cool you know mm-hmm. I was never popular I was never friends with the popular kids mm-hmm. I mean I would say hey or whatever mm-hmm. but you know, I just knew that what they wanted or what they expected from me, I didn't have that. So I wasn't going to fake like that was me. Like, mm-hmm. I just stayed to myself. I kept my mouth closed and I observed. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much what the cool kids about is just my observations of just what it takes to be, 
you know, cool mm-hmm. and all of that. But I know so many kids that were bullied back in the day. They have their own businesses. They're shooting. They're making music. Ken Jones. Oh, yeah. Ken. He's my classmate. Is Ken Jones? I thought he was from Tallahassee. I, I mean, to me, I don't know his story. I just know I've been his classmate since the ninth grade in high school. So he's from, he's, he's from Broward? Or, I don't know if he maybe moved to Broward, you know. I don't, because I wasn't from Fort Lauderdale, so I didn't know anyone. I don't know if maybe he moved to Fort Lauderdale his freshman year in high school. Mm-hmm. All I know is that he's been at my school mm-hmm. since my freshman year, and I don't know his story. So if he says he's from Tallahassee, then I assume no, no, he's no, 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 because on the show, he said he was from Miami. My member in, in the bio, he was from like Tallahassee. I don't know. You, go, you know what? Us, you know, us Floridians, we move yeah, around a lot within the state. Real. Like, yeah, I, so. I knew people from down south, you know, south Miami that move up to, like, Orlando and stuff. So I just know that with yeah. Ken Jones, he was talked about a lot. Like, kids picked on him. Mm-hmm. He didn't care. He didn't let it, like, bother him. He mm-hmm. didn't let it, you know. He was very goofy and very, like, don't quote me on this. This is what they say, corny. People mm-hmm. thought he was very corny. I hear all the time, like, throughout our entire school year that he was corny but I knew him I was actually friends with him like I knew him personally because of music Mm -hmm. and he was very very talented like from the jump like man plays he produces his beats he plays instruments he sings he raps he does all that and he also was you know using the studio at the high school as well in which sometimes they would air their music on Mm -hmm. the intercom yeah or whatever like that so he was doing his thing. So just because those cool kids, you feel me, didn't understand him or whatever, it didn't change the fact that this guy is talented and his future is yes. undeniable. So like, look at him now. I was like, he may still be corny because I, I hear that too. Yeah, he may be rich and famous now, but he's still corny. It doesn't matter. So it doesn't matter. I look for example, perfect example. You know who one of the people I look up to as a, like as like a businessman. Nick Cannon. Nick Cannon. Why? Because people gotta understand Nick Cannon is from San Diego, but he's from like the hood of San Diego. Like he's like I'm like you know as you get older you start you know learning stuff. Like San Diego, people always talk about L.A. and, and all this stuff and Oakland, but San Diego have a lot of gangs down there. Like they yeah, I didn't they know that. they is like you know I'm not gonna lie. Like like for example, like ten years ago. People from Miami, from day, you used to think like Broward ain't really, you know, Broward's like that, that place, and vice versa too, you know, yeah. like. But people don't understand, like, you know, just like dating Broward and Palm Beach, you know, yeah, we have our good side. You got the beaches, you got the suburbs and stuff, and then you also got the Opalakas, the Papanos, yeah. the Bell Glades. Miami, like yeah. in Wynwood, literally, you walk right around the corner. It's the hood. It's like, Yeah, all that's technically overtime. The first time I went to Wynwood. I got lost because I was looking for parking. I'm like, mm-hmm. where the hell am I? Like, how far have I been driving? Mm-hmm. And I was literally right around the corner. Like, they literally took the hood and just put art, like, all over. Yeah. There's art everywhere. And I'm just like, wow, that's beautiful. Yeah, because all that before, like, my, my granddad and, and, you know, and all, like, the old heads would tell me before, they're like, none of that was the That was, like, the hood. But, mm-hmm. you know, someone from over the beach, came or whatever I don't I don't know like the true story I'm not trying to act like I know the whole thing but pretty much people came 
put graffiti and stuff and start painting and things like that and it became like the art this week. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I love it. Like that was one Miami well I used to perform at this place called the Art Lab. That was my first performance um I think at, I heard of that. At uh, the Art Lab. I'm not mm. sure if you ever heard of the File Hundreds. Yeah. But the File Hunters, they've been supporting me since 1999. Since 2013, mm. um, they pretty much promote all underground local music. Yeah. And they're very, very, like, um, they're very genuine like, mm -hmm. with everything that they do. And they've been supporting me since. Like, they're they're not my managers or anything. They're not my team. They, nothing they, like that. They like they media, still, dude. They like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but whatever I drop, whatever I do, mm -hmm. they repost everything. Like, no questions asked, no hesitation whatsoever. And um, it's people like that that really, you know, keep me going because it really shows me that, you know, there are people out there who aren't looking for anything in return. Mm -hmm. Just support, you know, they're just trying to support good music, you mm -hmm. know. And they were the ones who actually got me more into music. Mm -hmm. You know, I wanted to get to know more people like them. And then I met... Um, uh, Miami Warehouse. I'm not sure if you ever heard of them. I know, I know about. Them. I know about. Um, they, they, they still. I don't know if they still do it. They probably still do, it, but it was called. Uh, and culture. They had culture. Art, Miami. the art. Called the art. Art um, Central. Art Miami. Central Miami. Shout out to them. That was one of my like first major gig. Oh yeah. Yeah. What like, did you do there? I was I was a DJ. I was one of the DJs at one point, but I had to way at the beginning. So I was when, like, they, when they were in the tent? Yeah, remember that was in Hialeah? Yeah. I was when they when they first started over there. Uh -huh. So it was me and two, three other DJs. Mm -hmm. And like I seen the vision and stuff like that. But then like I tell a lot of people, you know, for the ones who, who the artists that knew me, mm -hmm. I took like a year off. You know, I took like a year off for myself. So I lost a lot of contact. But when I came back, a lot of people, not a lot of people, but like the you know, the ones who really was like, duh, they're like, yeah. oh, Anonymous, where the hell you been at? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying? So it was like, that's one thing about anything, especially like in the music industry, once you take that break, mm -hmm. if you're not, like, if you still grinding, like, you're gonna, you gonna have some losses, but you're you gonna gain a lot yeah. more, because like, even the, la the last couple years, you know, I've been doing like the marketing and things like that, and now I got the podcast, you know, it's, 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 it's getting up there, you know. I'm not saying this is, you know, it blew up, but I'm just saying it's getting to a point where it's working. You yeah, know, you're working on it. It's, mm -hmm. It'll come. It all come. You know. But that's what's up, though. Like they, they supported you. Yeah. No, for real. Like it's very hard to find that support. Also, throughout the years, um, I met uh, Krista Cat with um, RMB. I'm just. A, just throwing out a few names, you know, because I don't get a lot. People don't hit me up a lot. And mm -hmm. I understand I'm not consistent. I'm not working hard. I'm not dropping tracks every week. You know, mm -hmm. I'm not, you know, I'm I'm still growing in a way. So it's like I'm growing with my music. You know how King too, right, from New Miami? Yeah. Because that's why. He recorded uh, Dark Liquor. Yeah, that's why i um, seen you on his page. Like, because mm -hmm. yeah, like, he was like. We all we, we the same age. We all the same age. Like I'm 26, but I think he's um, a few months older than him, but or maybe a year. I don't know. But with me, like I always, when I look at like the locals, like from South Florida, mm -hmm. I look at people who I can look up to, like 
yeah, we the same age, but he or she did a lot, and I want to work with them one day. Yeah. One of the reasons for the podcast is for me to be able to meet these people right. and have conversations and you know build a relationship. Man, this, he's a he's a smart man. I, I I told him like I compare him to Jermaine Dupri because mm-hmm. yes, Miami's already established, but he opened up so many doors for so many other artists. You know that's you know we call them the backpack rappers. You know what I'm saying? The backpack artists that just laid back. You know they they all have their own unique way, you know what I'm saying, like, versus the the mainstream artists, right. you know what I'm saying, so, like, with him, like, I looked up to him, I looked up to a, a couple other people, you know what I'm saying, so, it just, for me, like, we need, you know, people like him and stuff, even like yourself as an artist, yeah. to show the, the world that, you know, South Florida as a whole, we could just do amazing things, because yeah. how Atlanta is, how, you know, LA is, how... New York is, how Canada is not because Canada is booming with a whole bunch of talent. Like we are we are that that um that space. You know, where people could come to and be like, I wanna work with her, him, her, him, him, and her. I wanna go to this media outlet, I wanna go to go to that clothing line right there, because the whole bunch it's, it's just it's, it's it's wonderful. And then it's a small room. It's, it's people like that, you know, because you said um, you looked up to him in a way, like he inspired you a mm-hmm. team with um, the new Miami. Like I've had a lot of people, you know, who inspired me over the past like um, year and a half, two, two years or so. And I'm just going to name a few names if that's okay with you. Yeah, that's fine, because um, you got to say. <laughs> yeah, um, first and foremost, um, Seldom, a human, she's a producer. Mm-hmm. Um, from um, here, so flow. I'm not sure if she's in Miami mm-hmm. or you know where she, you know, but um, she has been there. She produced like a lot of my. She's gonna produce all of my beats on my next album, on my my first project. Mm-hmm. And um, um, she's a part of this team called Fatal. Mm-hmm. They are all dope producers. They you know just released a project recently. And I'm on two of the tracks on that project. What's the name the of the project? It's on iTunes? Yes, yeah, on iTunes. What's the name of it? VBX. VBX is, you know, the name of their... Their clip? Yeah, I suck. Like, my terminology is right now, I don't know why it's messed up. I don't know why it's all <laughs> over the place, but yeah. That's the name, I guess. There's, there's their team name. I'm not sure if that was... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's their team name, VBX. And I'm on... Um, Two of their tracks on there, I wrote, you know, my music and all that. And they've just been there for me, you know, they've been like family. It's, when I link up with them, it's not, it's never business. Like, even when we're recording, even when we're making beats. Is it them? Yeah. Okay. And they perform um, with uh, Miami Warehouse as well. They perform with them, like, all the time. Miami Warehouse need to holler at me because I'm looking for a spot to do my podcasting. Yeah. <laughs> well, how about them? They just they just posted like a um, like a flyer on their page about you know using the facilities mm-hmm. to do your work or whatever. They just recently did that, like if not a day or two, mm-hmm. maybe three ago, no more than that. But yeah, they're always welcome. Like I saw a few things, you know, that other people from the outside use their facilities for. So. Mm-hmm. 
they're really good with that the one thing that i like like love about them is the fact that they're always working like they're always doing something like if it's not music it's art it's not art it's fashion it's not fashion it's yoga it's not yoga it's health like they're mm. always doing something there so i appreciate them too um the foul hundreds you know, yeah, know they've been i'm not sure if you ever heard of giovanna flaw Yes, um, she's the she she do photos and stuff. Yes, and she do. She, yes, that's she, she cool. She was the closest thing that I've ever had to a manager. Mm-hmm. Her, um, like my first performances and stuff like that, she got all of them for me mm-hmm. free of charge. She didn't ask me for anything. My first photo shoot was with her. She was also with the art lab, so my first performance was with her. So they literally watched me grow. She can. If I perform, I'm performing on the 17th at Miami Warehouse um, for Women Appreciation Month. She's not, huh? How much the tickets cost? Uh, okay, it's free for women. Um, guys, is $7 RSV. It's on, it's on Eventbrite? Yeah, I'm going to post the link in my bio. Because me and my fiance can come up. Yeah, it's really, yeah, you've been there before. It's really dope. And it's yeah. Women Appreciation Month. I'm going to be um, performing my newest track. Mm-hmm. I'm, it's not even going to be released. At the time that I'm gonna be performing, it's gonna release be released two days after the performance, the 19th, which is my birthday. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm just gonna perform it there to give you know those who attend like a sneak peek. You know, uh, you heard it here first type of thing. So if you want to hear it early, you have to be there. You know, you have to come. Mm-hmm. Whatever. It's just seven seven dollars for men. RSVP free for women because. The women could just come in and be like, hey, yeah. I'm here. Free all night because it's Women Appreciation <laughs> yeah. Month, you know. I, so. I, I love that because um, I'm a gamer. So, Twitch, uh, I use Twitch to, you know, play my games and stuff. You know, it's like the YouTube of, for gamers. Yeah. Um, They started like a campaign. I think, I don't know if it just started this year or last year. Because mm-hmm. Twitch, Twitch is kind of new, but. Yeah, I never heard of it. They, um, you know, like to stream your video games and stuff like that. You actually watch people play games. But they have uh, a thing where um, all the fem- all the all the all the females that that, that stream, um, they give them like a chance. I think like it's kind of like a scholarship or whatever. I'm not quoting, but they do so much for them through just doing this whole month. You know what I'm saying? So it's just it's I I like that because I feel like you know equality is real. Like and with me, you know, one day I'm gonna have you know daughters. Right. So I'm like, you know, I want my, especially like my daughters, like I want them to have their own business, have to do anything they want to do, but don't be afraid because, oh, you're not a man. Right. You know what I'm saying? I want them to to be this first, you know, whomever. Like it was this woman, she, she's, she's an African-American woman, but I, I forgot her name, but she has her own NASCAR team. That inspired me as a black man, yeah. as a minority, because you don't get the NASCAR right. is dominant over, you know, you know, Caucasians, right. you know, white people, you know what I'm saying? But to see that, that's inspiring me. I like, man, one day I can do that. And it, it's crazy that you say that. I just went to church today, um, mm-hmm. and my pastor, he was talking about Oprah, and he was like, you know, he watched an interview with Oprah when um, she was getting ready to do her first, um, first episode the you know the talk show she mm-hmm. was doing, that was her first talk show episode or whatever ever she never did the talk show before it's her first day and behind you know the scenes you know she was very nervous because she was like 
what if, what if they don't like me? You know, I'm a black woman. Mm -hmm. I'm this, I'm that, blah, blah, blah. And she said Maya Angelou was there. And Maya Angelou grabbed her by her hands, looked her in the face and told her, you are enough. Like, you know, you, you're enough. Mm -hmm. And she said she used, she used that throughout her entire career, you know, to get her to where she is. Mm -hmm. It's always just that, you know, some people just need that word, you know, that that wisdom because with so much as an artist we go through so much emotionally yeah. that we don't think straight mm. so for someone who may be on the outside where they can kind of it's kind of like throwing out a um uh what's the little lifesaver thing when you the life lifeguards throw out the little oh uh floaty the floaty thing. thing i know you're talking, i don't yeah, know the it, name it, it's it. like it's like that because when you're drowning you're panicking so you don't, mm. you're not even thinking of like reality of what you need to do you just you just scared mm -hmm. so when you have someone who isn't scared and they're throwing something out there to you mm -hmm. you know they're, they're really you in that's pretty much what you know mm -hmm. like what that was like i appreciate all those around me like um some of the other people that i wanted to shout out um mar pox he's a rapper mar pox um, um he's a rapper in soul flow um, I'll give you his information later. Give me um, everybody named mom information. I got you. Mark <laughs> um, Pox and um, Retro. Retro is actually the engineer behind the Cool Kids. Um, he's the one who helped me. I think I heard of him before. Yeah, he's so very talented. He um, he was the one who actually got me in the studio to record the Cool Kids. Mm -hmm. Little did he know when he hit me up, I gave up. I, I wasn't doing music no more. I was about to change my social media. I wanted to leave everybody who knew me musically a story. And I wanted to start out again as myself, but not as an artist. I didn't want to do music no more. I didn't want to sing. I didn't want to perform. Nothing. I was done. Mm -hmm. That was like what I was telling you earlier. When, when my aunt passed, I was ready to just stop, you know? And I didn't look at it as giving up. I looked at it as me, you know, putting time into my personal life because I felt like I was drowning. Mm -hmm. I'm produce I'm trying to record music for people, perform for people so they can like me, but I don't like myself. You know, mm -hmm. so it's like I don't wanna keep working for other people. That's how it felt. And um retro he hit me up and I feel like it was heaven sent because he did not know that very exact day, maybe like an hour or two before he messaged me, I made up my mind that I was done mm -hmm. he sent me a very long paragraph he didn't have to do that and when I tell you a light bulb went off like my soul opened I don't know what it was but it was like an epiphany mm -hmm. like cause I was done and mm -hmm. to have someone that I only knew for like a few months tell me you know how talented I am and how I should never sleep on my talent you know it, it was amazing because I don't get a lot of support and I'm a humble person and I appreciate the little mm -hmm. things and for him to go out of his way and message me I was just very thankful yeah. for that and Marpox as well because you know they're kind of a team you know he's the Marpox was the one who introduced me to Retro because that's where he you know records his music mm -hmm. and just them collectively they they've just been there you know and to just to have friends who who support you and mm, yeah. appreciate you is the best. You know? It's so, always about being genuine at the end yeah, of the day. Definitely, and I appreciate them for that. So, this was gotta it. give a shout out because it's very rare to find people who support you because people treat music, people treat everything like it's a competition. Like, mm -hmm. like there's no room for everybody. Mm -hmm. Like, there's plenty of room for creativity for art. There's plenty yeah. of room, you know. Like, I, I ain't, I know my podcast is like one in a million, but. Mm -hmm. It's not about competing, but it's about being different. Yeah. 
And my and my whole goal was for the podcast was to bring on people. It don't matter if you just started or you five years, ten years, one year in. It's all about you know you have people that's in middle school, you have kids that's in middle school, you have even students, even people older than us. Yeah. It's like in their thirties and forties still don't know what they want to do with themselves, and you know they looking for inspiration. Look at Taraji. Taraji yeah. didn't make her lead and roll until she
and the way she want to take her music and all of that that inspired mm. me like like people like that just to know that there are people out here that are making good music mm. like that helps people as opposed to you know freeze them in time for a second because i feel like that's what a lot of music does they just freeze you in time for like mm. the time being you turn up whatever once the song is over oh, okay what's next yeah, it's, 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 it's the, the um, nowadays people have short, I have a, uh, the attention span is not like how it used to be. Yeah. Um, but to get back with Lauren Hill, you know, I was always had these conversations about, um, she did, she was with the Fugees, um, but she only got one solo track. And, you know, as an artist, as, as a whole, Naima just, you know, compare her to like female artists, but. I still consider like the greats, yes. you know. So, well, if if she was to come out with at least one more or two more, it will solidify. Like it would be no question. I don't, I feel like if she came out, in my opinion, with at least one more golden album. Yeah. And especially in this time where you know you still have all the generations from like the seventies, the eighties, the nineties, the two thousands, the two tens, you know. If she could have an album that could impact all of them, because I, I feel like she, because she's one of the few artists that that does. Yeah. To me, you got to put her on on the on the on, on, what's it called Rush Mount Mount what's it called Mount Rushmore. Mount Rushmore, yeah. My bad, y'all. Mount Mount Rushmore because she's like you. You have like Andre Three Thousand for example. He's one of them like. We always talk about the Jay-Z's and the Biggie's and the Eminem's, but you have these artists that's like, I think of it as like a Lego. You gotta have that important piece. Right. You know, like the Lauryn Hills, you, she's that important piece, you know Remember what I'm saying? when they had VH1 Soul? Like, yeah. I don't see, I mean, I'm sure do they, they do have it, but you may have to add it on. It doesn't mm -hmm. come with like the basic cable package anymore. Mm -hmm. like, it was VH1, it's VH1 Soul. Mm -hmm. It's not as popular as it used to be back in the days. Mm -hmm. And me, that's kind of sort of what I would like to do with my music. I want to bring soul back, you know, mm -hmm. something that speaks from within. Because, mm -hmm. like I said, like, I'm a very spiritual person. Like, I tend to my spirituality every day. I never neglect it. I pray every day because I feel like my spirit controls everything. Like, how I feel on the inside is going to reflect on the outside, period. Like, you can be as beautiful as you want. Like, for instance, Chris Brown, people are, when he, him and Rihanna first got into, you know, the whole, you know, whatever, mm -hmm. him hitting her, um, girls were literally saying, oh yeah, he can beat me. He, Chris Brown, I'll let him beat me any day. Like That's crazy, yeah. And at that time, like, I was just like, like, I completely just, I wasn't a fan anymore. I just completely just, like, stop but then over the years you know we understand people are human things happen you know you hear the full story and it doesn't yeah, she was abusive too like that's the that's, it doesn't excuse what yeah, he did i know her. it doesn't excuse yeah. but it's like i'll never put my hands on no woman but yeah never did never will but i feel like anything like it, yeah. whether it's abusive whether it's you know rape whether it's anything mm -hmm. i feel like it's it's a man, it's, it's like a double standard, like a man is not taken seriously. Yeah. If it happened, because I knew men that was, you know, we hear stories about men that when they was younger, they was, you know, they was raped by older women. Mm. You know, they got taken advantage of, yeah. you know what I'm saying? They think because, oh, 
Oh man, you know, we always think about like sex and stuff like that. It's not a big deal, but yeah, that you you're have, stronger. You should be able to stop. A yeah, woman. I grew up. I was one of them dudes. Like I grew up with men who was like, man, listen, I'm, 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 a, I'm gonna lose my V card to someone who I really love, or like, what I'm trying to say, like, there was, there was men that you know at my age that didn't really care about girls. They just wanted to play video games, have fun and stuff, go outside, things like that. But nowadays, it's just like. It's, it's, I don't know, like. Everything changed now, you know, and I feel like, to be honest with you, one of the main concerns I feel like is a big problem with the mm -hmm. generation is television, it's social media, it's everything that we're distracted by. Mm -hmm. I feel like if we read more as opposed, yo, I read this. Oh, th I thank read, you. Books, what's, what's the name of the book? It's not a book, it's not a book. I, it was a poem, mm -hmm. it was a poem. And, well, no, it wasn't a poem, it was an article. Article? And it may have been an article from the book you're talking about. I'm not sure. I just know that. No, the book that you're talking about. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> but I didn't know it was a book. See, all I read was an article, you know, online. Mm -hmm. And it was of a Caucasian guy speaking about, you know, blacks. And he was pretty much saying how, he said, if you want to hide something from black people, put it in the book. Mm -hmm. He said, put it in the book. If you... If you're trying to keep away the secret to what it takes to bring black people together so that they can take over, put it in a book. They mm -hmm. will read. Like, he was disrespecting black people in every way. But that's but real, dude. It was, yeah, that's what I mean. It wasn't disrespect. It was so real. Like, mm -hmm. my family, like, it just sucks, you know, over the years as I grew up. I realized that I live in a family that is brainwashed like they are completely brainwashed mm -hmm. by society like these Caucasian people yeah they came here they took over the land or whatever the case may be mm -hmm. they had a strategy they stuck to it and th their strategy worked they were it, it worked like my mom my family they believe that that they can eat and do whatever they want to do mm -hmm. and that if they pray about it they'll be okay that's what they want us to do that's even back in the slave days, mm -hmm. like, they want you to suffer and pray to someone or to something, and you it may never even come mm -hmm. because you're not you're you're not doing you know what you need to do spiritually to get those blessings. Like mm -hmm. as far like when it comes to fasting and stuff like that and taking care of yourself, that's very important. And a lot of people feel like when it's when they hear fasting, it means starving yourself. No, no it, it means cutting out all yeah. this great sugar. It's being more. I feel like I think of fasting as eating things that was grown from the earth. Even doing stuff too, like that's yeah. a fast too as well. I remember I went on this um, 30 day fast where I stopped doing two things that I felt like I couldn't go without. Mm -hmm. One, because um, I was in a relationship. One was sex. The other was um, weed. I smoke a lot. Well, you, well, you do that. I don't, I don't do that, but you... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, um, it helped me through my, my depression. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not something that I need. It's just mm. something that I do. It's, know, it's like... It, it's a... It's like... Even, I was telling people, even though I don't drink or smoke, you still, like... I play video games. Video games help me create, you know, some people, like, with me, I eat. When I eat, when I feel like... Which is it's too... It's still a bad thing, because... Yeah. That's how, like, you know, a lot of people become obese is because, oh, 
just because you feel sad or depressed or things, you have to eat. Yeah. No, nah, you don't need to do that. You don't need to, like, you just, for me, I learned as an older age, it's a mind thing. You have to go, like, for, like, for, all right, when I used to feel, like, certain ways, like, mad or sad or whatever, or even, even happy, I used to go to the beach and just listen to music and just reflect. Because one thing I learned from entrepreneurs, they always say that you have to learn how to reflect. Once you reflect in your life every day, just take, like, a, it could be five minutes to, like, an hour. If you could take that, you'll, you'll be successful not only in your career, but also like health-wise, because you need, you need that time to just detox. You need to reflect. So you need to be like, you know what? I just want to rest, relax, relax my nerves, but at the same time, I want to be to myself. And that's the best way to get in tune with your spirituality, yeah. doing that. Like, that's why like, I appreciate my solitude. I appreciate you know, my knowledge, even or lack thereof, because I feel like I still have a lot, uh, I have a long way to go as mm -hmm. far as what I need to know, mm -hmm. but I'm just grateful that I have, you know, that I, that I am mm -hmm. what I am, because it's enough to move forward, it's like putting gas in your car, like you need gas to go, mm -hmm. and I feel like right now I'm on the full tape, I mm -hmm. may not have gotten anywhere, but I have all I need to get from where I am to mm -hmm. where I want to be, so... Mm -hmm. That's, that's all it takes, awareness, I feel like. Um, as long as you're aware and you notice that something needs to change, you're already, you know, in a good place. You just have to make that first step. So. Mm -hmm. What was the name of the book? The, um, well, see, it wasn't a... It may... I don't know what book you were talking about, but I read it in an article offline. Uh -huh. And it, it was just shared to me. I don't even remember. I read it, like, a few years ago. Yeah, cause my thing every, every time I have a, a interview on the show, if they have like a book or whatever, like I always make sure, cause I'm trying to get back to like I read like like I read articles and things like that, but I want to start like reading like books, you know, doing like my own time. So me personally, I want to read a book because I want to you know help my vocabulary, you know, go up even more, but also just build a knowledge, cause I just feel like I always tell people I'm, I'm an open mind, like. I, I, I like to learn new things. I, I want to, you know, know about, like, you know, different things. Like, you know, for example, like, you know, transsexuals. Yeah. Like, I want to know why you did it. Like, why you feel that And that's, that, why you that's good that, that you like that. You know, yeah. it just means that you have, you know, open mind. Mm -hmm. And, you know, to have a closed mind, it, it's, it's horrible. Mm -hmm. Because nowadays, like, everyone is going in so many different directions mm -hmm. that having a closed mind mm -hmm. will literally get you nowhere. Because everyone around you, are they're so different now. Yeah. Like, everyone, like, back in the days, I remember being in school. If I mismatched or whatever, I got cracked on. I got bullied. I got mm -hmm. picked on. Now... Everyone is free to do whatever they want. They wear mm. whatever they want. They dress according to their creativity, and it's accepted. You mm. know, so it's like I feel like if you believe in something and you feel like something should change, don't force it on other people. Just do what you do. Mm -hmm. Let who you are, you know, let it shine from the outside, and let it motivate others to do the same. But don't force mm. your opinions or your belief or your awareness on anyone. Because, mm -hmm. like, for instance, um, what was that I was talking about recently? It was, I know it has something to do with women. Because there's, okay, there was this guy on my account, and he was pretty much talking about 
um, this girl. He was like, oh, I took this girl out. I bought her this. I bought her that. Whatever. I mean, she didn't ask for it, but I did it for her. And he was like, you damn well, I'm finna get in them skins. Like, that's what he said. Like, if I'm gonna do this for you, you feel me? Like, I need something in return. And I said, you know what? I don't even blame him mm-hmm. for that because most guys think that way. They do yeah. think that way. But girls, like, to be so free and open to just giving it away you're giving these guys the wrong idea and they are trying it on anybody they can and they bump into the wrong woman who not about that you know who don't work like that and then now it's fuck women like women are horrible you know mm-hmm. so it's like i just feel like you know if we all focus on ourselves individually mm-hmm. yeah. not as a whole individually the world will be such a better place yeah. like, we just focus on it if I pay attention to me, you pay attention to you, she pay attention to her, she pay attention to her, the world mm-hmm. be a better place. I always felt that if, if, if the world knew how to mind their own business, yeah. this would be a perfect world. Yeah. You know? And it's not cliche, like yeah. it's facts. It's not, to, it's not because everyone relates to minding mm-hmm. your own business, because it'd be the people that don't mind their own business preaching of minding everyone else minding mm-hmm. their own business. It's like, first you have to be aware, you have to look in the mirror. Mm-hmm. Before, you know, practice what you preach, mm-hmm. pretty much, so. Yeah, because, like, um, look at our president. Well, not our president. Yeah. 45. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he, with him, he never, he, he don't mind his own business. You know, and, and when I voted, I voted for Hillary. Because, you know I mean? Hillary ain't perfect either, but at least Hillary, she knew of somewhat to mind her own business, yeah. you know, most mm-hmm. of the time. And, she knew how to talk to people, you know, to because you know, pretty much being like the, the leader, you have to learn how to talk to other leaders in order to avoid wars, but also gain like you know, different things that we need for our country. Because yeah, we you know this is the United States. I love my country. You know, it's not perfect, but like people say, we have everything, but we 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 still need stuff you know, from other countries that we don't have and vice versa, you know what I'm saying? But with him, he just, like, he thinks, he's just too arrogant. That's know? why, that's why um, I appreciate Black Panther. You ever saw the Black Panther? What? I'm trying to see it, like, three more, five more. Oh, you saw it? Okay. Yeah, I seen yeah, it. Yeah, me too. I want to see it again. Yeah. Too. But it was just so, like, there was just so much, oh my God, it just made so much sense. Like, I just love, like, how they had those hidden messages in there, you mm. know, that related to what we go through now mm-hmm. like right now the fact that us as black people we are not well equipped out here we are we don't have like what everyone else has mm-hmm. like what our yeah, yeah. how they can come together they stick together even when they wrong yeah like they they stick together like, as if they're right you know black people you know we, we walk up and down the street mm-hmm. i remember one day i was walking down the street and these girls, you know, they saw me, and I heard them. Mm-hmm. Like, I heard them. Like they said, "Oh, I didn't." Technically, I didn't hear them, mm-hmm. but they were talking about me. But just to know that you can look at another fellow African American, you don't know who they are. They did nothing wrong to you, and you talk about them. Like, like, and it's funny. Like mm-hmm. that's how they, you know, that's entertainment for them by mm-hmm. talking about another person. But then again, how we were programmed. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like right now it's about breaking the noose because I feel like African Americans we walk around every day with the collar on, like we're being we controlled, we're being controlled yeah. with, the, with the food, with the things that we do, like mm-hmm. with our money and all of that. Yeah, everything. Like 
everything. So that's that's where I want to um, take my music. I want to my music and point my music in the direction of people that needs it, you mm-hmm. know. And I want to make sure that it helps as opposed to um, entertain. I mean, that's mm-hmm. the best that's the best word that I can describe what music is nowadays. It's just entertain. I mean, but entertain like when people think of entertain, they think like, oh, you got to make people laugh. No, entertain is like. That say I need a message that I need to hear, like, or something just make me feel good, or something that could, I can relate to at the time. Like I could be in a positive or neg- a negative state, but even if it's talking about what I'm going through that's negative, it'll, it'll motivate me to go positive because, you know, the thing about music is that as an artist, you have the control of you can relate to people, but also you could give them that boost right. to be like, hey, listen, you know, I went through this and that, X, Y, and Z, but, you know, now I'm like, like Nipsey Hussle, perfect example, like, he actually taught people how, how especially artists, how to be businessmen, you know, how to, how to not, you know, stay in one lane, like, you have to master your craft to open up new opportunities. You know what I'm saying? So like, uh, artists like him is like, you know, even Jay Z, the 444 album, uh, Gucci Man, Mr. Davis, like, those albums was like, uh, gave me like a blueprint of how to be successful. You know, like how to be your own boss. Cause at the end of the day, that's all what we want. You know, we want to have, we want to go, we want to be at this point where we want to be free to do anything. You know, I always say like, I want to be able to do stuff without having someone behind my back, like shadowing me or telling me, oh no, not do this. Just like how earlier about the you know, releasing your song, you're independent. You know, once you get signed to a major label, depending on your status, they may not even let you even release that song at all. I mean, look at, what's the name, what's the name? Um, um, Kesha? Kesha? Yeah, Kesha. Kesha yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Um, there was a, a whole like thing going on where her label was complete. They were purposely sabotaging her her career. Mm-hmm. They were holding like even Tanache. Tanache, like, yeah, they, yeah. They yeah. held her back. She had an album or something like that yeah. she was supposed to release, and they stopped her from doing that. So that's my thing. Like, let me like I want to have my creative control while mm-hmm. I can't, just in case if one day I get a good enough deal, you know, that I can sign. Cause mm-hmm. I told myself if I'm gonna sign up, if I'm gonna be a part of any label, it'll be something like um, um, TDF, like with Kendrick Lamar. That's the oh, only. Oh, TD, TD. TDE. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I'm thinking WWF. <laughs> like, okay, yeah, with TDE, and um, because everybody else, you know. I don't know. It's just it's just hard to trust people nowadays mm-hmm. because everyone's trying to get to the top. Mm-hmm. Right? Everyone stepping on heads to get to the top, you know. Mm-hmm. And whether it's family, don't matter. Like, I mean, people losing friendships over it, they don't care. You know, mm-hmm. me personally, I just feel as though if it's not necessary, you know, I, I won't I won't do it. If I can make it to the top by being legit, mm-hmm. you know, by sticking to, you know, to what I was taught by being humble, I'm gonna do that. Mm-hmm. I don't care if that means it's gonna take longer. I'm not gonna fake my way to the top. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And, and, and you know what? You opened me up, man. I always tell people when I'm about to go in something deep, deep, you open me up. It's a great thing. Good. I make the podcast. <laughs> 
I thought about, I always think about this, but I thought about it heavily this past week. Cause recently, you know, I don't want to work forever. Right. You know, I'm 26 years old. Mm-hmm. I'm about to be 30 in four years. You know, and it's, it ain't really even about the age. Cause I, I kind of wish that, you know, everything I, I know now, I, I kind of wish I knew that when I was like 18, 21 yeah. years old, but I don't regret what I went through. Um, you know, you have friends and family that tell you, like, oh, why are you doing this and why are you doing that? You should just get a nine to five. But I'm like, if you if you feel that way, you should support me in my craft so I can make the living that I want. So I don't have to worry about failing. I mean, you're going to fail regardless, but I have to worry about, like, being stuck. Because you could fail, but a failure could move you to another place a new opportunity that can forget that you fo- that you failed in the first place. Like, yeah, I failed, but it was like, if it wasn't for that, you know, I'm in this great place right now. You know exactly. what I'm saying? Like, it's like me when I lost my aunt. Yeah. I thought my world was over. She died the same day Trump was elected president, November 9th. Yeah. It was the worst day. I felt like the rapture. Like, I thought the world was ending. Like, just imagine losing somebody that you live with. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody you see every day, you talk to every day. It's mm-hmm. like losing a second mom. Yeah. You know? And to take such a bad thing and create something beautiful out of it, it's, it's the best thing. It, 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 it makes you feel good on the inside because it's like they see you. Because a lot of people, when they lose a, a loved one, they go, I wish they were, I wish they knew what I was doing. But they know. I, I, I feel that deep down inside that they're watching, that they're somewhere around you, everywhere you go. Mm-hmm. And they are proud. And you did not miss that opportunity to make them proud. They may not be here so you can see that they are, but they're proud. I, I genuinely feel that way, you know. Mm-hmm. And to take, to be able to come back from a, a place so dark, so deep, mm-hmm. you know, it, it shows that it's not over for you, mm-hmm. you know, that you're strong enough to, if you can endure this, you can endure anything. If you can endure losing someone that you know all your life, you can endure anything, you know. Mm-hmm. And who am I? She was just my aunt. She had kids, you know. Mm-hmm. Her kids, like, they're doing their own thing mm-hmm. now, you know. And I speak this mostly for them because mm-hmm. I didn't lose my mom my mom is still here mm-hmm. so I don't know that pain yet but just to know that they're still alive well and doing their thing it's just a part of life and you just gotta learn you gotta know how to um, you know take it and make something great mm-hmm. out of it so I mean but my, my thing is too, especially when it comes like, to death like especially to a family member it's still like my aunt, she was like only my grand aunt, you know what I'm saying? She wasn't even like my first aunt, but still like me and her was close and like I'm like, like yeah, that wasn't like my grandma or like my my um, my mom or whatever, but it still hurt. I used to see her every day before school, cause she used to, where I went to school at, she, uh, she, did, she always did preschool. Like even she raised me, cause when I was younger, she was one of the, like the people that you know that watched me. You know, when my mom went to work and stuff before I started um, grade school. So like, middle school came around and Hurricane Wimber happened. No, that was before uh, Wimber. Um, before Wimber came, we it was just it was called OLPS. I want to say Monica. It's a private school. They don't exist no more. But all the middle schoolers went 
to like six to eight went to um, OLPH. You know, all this is open lucky. You know what I'm saying? Like St. Monica was in Carroll City. Then it moved, then it went to, uh, oil pits was always open locker, so whatever. It was right there by my house anyway, so. Um, every morning, I should always make sure I talk to her. She always gave me like an apple or something. And then after school, um, I go see her. She always gave me something, but I sit down and talk to her. You know, see how she was doing and things like that. And she's the, I remember before she passed away, because before my uncle, my uncle Ed passed away, um, she used to always ask me, like, John, you gonna um, go to St. Luke? Because I had two, we all have two churches in the family, like, from my, my, my mom, my mom's side, but like from my grandma's side, I was raising my grandma's church more than my granddad's church. He's Baptist, you know what I'm saying? So she used to always try to recruit me, like, you know, you should, you should go to St. Luke. You know, that's still like his family because the Episcopal Church was like my home. St. Luke is a Baptist church, often, uh, both of them in the city. St. Luke is in uh, Liberty City, like like Brown Subs area, and then like uh, St. Agnes Episcopal Church is like in Overtown. So I was always at that church, the one in Overtown. But she used to always recruit me. I was like, eh, God, that's around the time I just started school and stuff, like college. and. I wasn't really going to school like that, but after she passed, like someone just told me, you know what? Just start going to church like here and there. Cause I was even, I was promise I like, I'm gonna I'm 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 come. I gotta just, you know, <laughs> trying to enjoy this this life. You know, I'm 18, got my own car now and stuff. I'm about to <laughs> be if gone. You see me, I work um, five days a week mm-hmm. and I have Wednesdays and Sundays off. Yeah. Which is- I thought it was perfect because I'm like, okay, I can go to church. Mm-hmm. But when you work an eight hours a day plus overtime, once you get your off day, you just want to sleep in, you just mm-hmm. want to chill and relax. So I have been to church like four days today, which is the reason, you know, why I was a little late. Yeah. Um, I took my grandmother with me. Mm-hmm. My grandmother, she has Alzheimer's and she has... Um, That's my granddad, he got Alzheimer's too. Yeah, and which yeah. the thing about... My grandmother, which I feel like we're really blessed with, is she remembers us. Like she doesn't. It's 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 more so of like people that she haven't seen like yeah. in a while that she mm-hmm. doesn't remember. Um, she'll be like staring off into space sometimes. But if you mm-hmm. play her her old gospel music from back in the mm-hmm. day, she lights up. Yeah. So I woke up this morning extra. Well, not even on purpose. I didn't mean to do it. I just I went to bed at a decent time and I woke up early in which I had enough time to get her dressed, it's very hard, okay? Mm-hmm. It's literally like getting a child dressed yeah. for, for school or something yeah. because she can't do nothing herself. And it's mm-hmm. harder because she can't walk mm-hmm. and she's heavy. Mm-hmm. She's not a she's not a heavy woman at all. She's very fragile and skinny, but all that dead weight mm-hmm. and set, that I don't, I'm <laughs> not very strong. Yeah. So, and then... Um, it's, it's, just, it's just hard, but I, I did it. I got her out of bed, I got her dressed, I fed her, I changed her, whatever, I brought her to church, and I feel great, you mm-hmm. know? I feel so good, like, to know that I went to church and I brought her with me, like, mm-hmm. that's what I live for, like, to do what I need to do, like, to do, to do the good things, because, mm-hmm. you know, my grandmother, she, when she was, you know, in her right state of mind, she brought me to church, 
she changed me. Yeah. She took care of me. She fed me. So, so to be able to do what she gave to you know, do the, what she did to me, that, that's a good feeling. Yeah, cause uh, my my granddad, um, all all everybody in my family was like businessmen and women. So my grandma, uh, she used to sew. You know, so she, I used to be up with her all night. It'd be some days when I used to spend that at their house. When I finally wanted to spend that at their house, cause I, I'm a mama's boy. Well, but as I got, as I got older, you know, a little bit older, like eight, nine, ten years old, I like, you know, I spend that at my grandparents' house. So she'll, she'll be sewing, and he, he did, he had his um, shirt business before he retired, technically, cause you know, his all times and stuff yeah. like that. Um, being around them a lot, you know, during that time, like it motivated me to be like my own, my own businessman as I got older. So like now, it's like you know, he's still able to walk around, but I still got to be careful because he, he walks like you know, like he's you know five, six, seven years old and stuff like that. You know, he's tall. He's like six five. So it's like I don't want, I want, I was yeah, he's he's tall. I was at his height, I'm like six two, so I was at his height, but he um you know, every day like a lot of people don't realize that's a lot of responsibility like Yeah, and like I've gotten a lot of like backlash, mm-hmm. you know, as an artist because I'm not consistent. People mm-hmm. think like my excuses are repetitive, like I'm just making excuses, you know, I've had to cancel plenty of sessions, plenty of photo shoots, plenty of interviews I had to cancel. Because I remember one day I came home from work, I got dressed, mm-hmm. I went to a studio session, and I had to leave my grandmother home by herself because everyone in the house worked. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, when I got back home from the session, she was on the floor. Wow. Like, she wasn't hurt or anything, but she was down there so long, she didn't even remember that she was on the floor. When I got her up, she was like, oh, I'm on the floor? I said, yeah, grandma, you're mm-hmm. here on this cold floor. She was like, oh, I didn't know. Because, you know, she has Alzheimer's, so mm-hmm. she's, like, out of it. So when I, like, my thing is with that, that's life or death. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm not going to put, that's when I have to put a pause on, on my music, you mm-hmm. know. And if you can't understand that, then, hey, whatever. Her last few years, I'm going to be there. You know, I'm mm-hmm. going to be there for her. I'm gonna do what I need to do musically, but I feel like I feel like losing her that would hurt me more than um, to like leave, mm-hmm. make my music happen, become successful, and mm-hmm. and you know I don't know it's just I don't want anything to happen on my watch. It's it's a hard thing. For people to understand, because it's like, hey, you gotta do what you gotta do. Put her in a home. I'm not putting my grandmother. No. Not doing that because once you put them in a home, their days are short. They're numb. Mm-hmm. You know, ain't nobody taking care of your grandmother how you would take care of yeah. your grandmother. I'm 23. I was, how old was I? I was 22 when I started taking care. You know, my grandmother. Mm-hmm. It's a full time responsibility. It is. And then to have that and to work and then to be pursuing music where you also have yeah, to you, you, all your time you become drained. Like it's people don't realize. Draining, you know, so it's like, listen, just because you don't see my work, don't mean I ain't working. You mm-hmm. know? I'm working every day on my craft. Mm-hmm. Even if it's in the, the four walls of my room, I'm working on my craft. My whole project is done. It's, my whole project is done. It's just about me recording, mm-hmm. mixing, and 
getting my features and everybody lined up. So that's it, you know. So mm -hmm. I don't judge people. I don't. There was this one girl, you know, she's a fashion designer. She hasn't done anything as far as fashion. She hasn't styled anyone professionally. She hasn't like made any money off of it, anything. Mm -hmm. But she has a, a passion in it. Mm -hmm. She loves it. She is working towards it, and I feel like I shouldn't treat her any differently from any other fashion designer. So, for my shoot, I'm gonna support her brand, mm -hmm. even though she doesn't. RMB, RMB with um, Krista Cap. Mm -hmm. She watched me perform during Art Basel in Miami. Oh, you perform at Art Basel? Yeah. Um, this was it. Not last year, but the year before. Uh -huh. um, I performed at Art Basel at this place called. Uh, the electric pickle. I never, I, I heard of, I never been there before. The electric pickle and the melting pot. I, I heard, I know about the melting pot. Yeah, I performed there for Art Basel, and she was there. She does blogs for Miami New Times. Like she certified. What's, what's her name? Chris the Cat. Chris the Cat. Yeah, I probably Chris heard of her before. Um, I, I know her. You ever heard of Yes Jules? Yes. She's a, um, I've been trying to. She's really hype. I've like, been trying to work with Yes Jules and Norman not all of them for some time now. That's how I found out about Krista Cat. From like, Yes Jules. Yeah, because she does like blogging and stuff for her uh -huh. or whatever. They know each other, you know whatever. So you know, you know Yes Jules. I don't know. Oh, cause <laughs> I I'm about to say I like you got a lot of people behind yeah. you. No, yeah. I wish like I. Yeah. I'm, she inspires me. She's definitely somebody that I look up to, you know, but. Um, Krista Cat was the next best thing mm -hmm. for me because she's working out here. She done in a in a in a matter of a year. Mm -hmm. She got she created her brand. She has um, uh, a podcast. She has a um, uh, a station where she features like music and things like that. And the fact that she reached out to me, I only had what two songs at that time. No, could it because. Because they see the vision, and, and that's one of the reasons why I, uh, uh, I'm not gonna lie. I feel like it's the work ethic. Mm -hmm. You know, um, once you start seeing artists that, because first of all, with me as a DJ, DJ coming first, I got like, let me hear their music. Right. And your music, you know, from only three songs that I heard, the Cool Kids track was like, yeah. I heard that, there I was like. So much growth, like. The Cool Kids, it really shows how I've grown mm -hmm. between, you know, 1999 and Dark Liquid. But those both was like, th those like was great tracks, like, you know, even like from saying that you recorded them like five years ago, three, mm -hmm. five years ago, it's like you could still like promote it and still like yeah. put it up as a single. Speaking of that, um, Dark Liquor, I'm actually working on releasing that as a single, mm -hmm. but it's gonna be a remix, a duet with a guy, another um, artist. His name is Jay Only, mm -hmm. and um, I went to school with him, and he's gonna feature on. He's gonna do the remix with me, mm -hmm. and this time we're gonna have our own beat as opposed to using Anthony Hamilton's instrumental. So I'm gonna be remixing Dark Liquor very soon. Mm -hmm. um, you heard it here first. Because we just you know what I I, I, I love that because it was uh, the artist I had an interview before um, on episode seventeen that's gonna be released on seventeen and eighteen. Um, this is one of the reasons why, like I told him, like I love being a, a DJ, love being music because you get to hear stuff, you get to hit like you get to hear stuff and you get to hear the news first. You know, like for me, I don't take that for granted. I take that as like. 
you know, um, I'm progressing, I'm working, like I'm, I'm doing something, like I'm, you know, I'm not just out here just to be out here, like I'm very serious about, you know, what I'm doing in my craft. That's mm-hmm. a good thing. Because I don't know you from a can of paint, but when you cut out of that truck, mm-hmm. I just saw business. Like, it was mm-hmm. written all over you. You just came prepared, mm-hmm. you know. It's just, it's just all about how you present yourself, mm-hmm. you know, so. I mean, I ain't got the hair cutting stuff, man. I mean, you know. listen, I've seen way worse. <laughs> I've seen way worse. And mm-hmm. they make bread. Like, Trey Songz. Yeah. I, I don't know if you were doing his hair sometimes. Like, but they also say that that's like a, if you, they always knew if you was working, people tend not to, you know, facial wise, like yeah. as a man, mm-hmm. you can tell that, but they working by like the the fro and stuff. They getting the haircut. Like I knew Jay Z was dropping a uh, album because he let his hair <laughs> yeah. grow out uh-huh. and stuff like that. that. Speaking of that, I'm gonna have a photographer. Um, his name is um, well, his Instagram name is Soil himself. Soil. Soil himself. S O L E himself. You gotta um, send me all this people information. I got you. I'm gonna put it all in one message and I'm gonna mm. send it to you. He's a very dope photographer. I don't know if you saw my latest like photography yeah, I've seen on my page. That. He does. He did that. And um, you know, we live in the same neighborhood um, together or whatever. He's very dope. But um, he was going through. You know, a lot. I'm not gonna speak on his life because mm-hmm. that's his personal. Yeah, it's personal. Business. Yeah, yeah. But when I saw the scruffiness, you know, going on with the hair growing and all of that, I knew something was in the works. And he's definitely working. Like. He's that type of photographer mm-hmm. that's willing to, you know, work every day mm-hmm. on his craft. And he's not about money. You know, of course, we're going to give him what he deserves. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's just people like that. I surround myself with like mm-hmm. minds, you know, those who... Shit, even with this this wedding, like this... <laughs> when is that, uh, September, that September 7th. This yeah, this year. So mm-hmm. I, I proposed to her last mm-hmm. September. So we was gonna do it in December, but we pushed it up a little bit, so um, so that we can have you know September is a good time. You know, it's not too busy, but right. people are able to come down because she's from New York. You know, she's from Manhattan, so. Oh, she she lives there now. No, 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 no. She oh, she okay. she moved here when she was like five or six. Oh, okay. So, All but right. I'm saying like she still got family. Or that she'll go right. up there, and then she also got family. She's Dominican, so she got family from Dior. So like September, we felt like it's it's one of them slow months and things like that. Cause December's gonna be if we was gonna do it December, it'd be crazy. Cause yeah, holidays, holidays, snowbirds. snowbirds and stuff like that. The weather be crazy and stuff. So we was like, you know what? September is the perfect day. The only thing that probably stop that day is a hurricane. Which you know, I'll be joking her about it, but it's, I'm like, yeah. God, 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 not gonna do that to us. I hope not. But yeah. it's um. Even with that, like, cause of course, that was like my first, you know, better be only proposal. Yeah. Even through that whole process, I tell people, I knew the day I woke up, I thought I like, I really love her. You know, um, I wanna, you know, I wanna do this. So it was, it was all, it was all destiny. Like I had a job interview up uh, up in Sawgrass. What I, what I consider, um, it's like plantation, right? Because it was a city of plantation. I was yeah, doing something. Yeah, so, some whatever. All, <laughs> um, you know how South Florida is, cities within cities and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I say plantation. Yeah. So, plantation. so I had a job interview there because a year before that, um, 
we did like Mother's Day shopping for our parents, and we was at Sawgrass. We went to Zell's, that same Zell's, same lady and all. And we were joking like, oh, we just, just we just couple from Key West that we've been together for about three years or whatever. We was lying. I personally did that because I'm like, I want to see what type of ring that she liked. So when when that whenever that day comes, I I know. So she she seen it. She like I really like this ring and stuff. Blah blah blah. I took a picture of it. So literally almost a year later, I went after the um, the interview. I ain't get the job, but whatever. Um, I went to the same. I went to Sawgrass, the Zell. The same people was there. They had the same the same ring and then. Once I once I ordered the ring, cause that was a long process. Cause with that, it was like, damn, like, am I gonna be able to, you know, get it, like, pay it off? But you know, God is good. You know, I got everything paid off. Really? Yeah. So pretty much, um, the you know when you get a ring, like the ring comes with like a birth certificate. So I found out the ring was made like in I think 2014, 2015, in December. I like it was meant to be. You know, they had that ring that sitting there for for that long. Yeah. Same as that ring, you know, so like even like the wedding whole process, like, you know, sending How did you get it fitted and all of that? Did, oh, did I just I just no, I um I like what's the ring size from like school, from like high school. Oh. And she like us eight eight and a half and stuff. But she would wear like rings and there, so I just told the lady eight and a half. It was kind of big, but they say like as you get older, the ring it could it could, it could either she could grow out of it or she will lose like it'll be too big for her at one point. So they they always say like you know always have insurance on the ring because you know you have to you know keep it clean. You have to sometimes you have to. Uh, what's it called that restructure of the size because you know as we get older yeah, lose weight, gain weight. yeah you know so that that process itself you know doing that you know take care of my granddad going back to school for a second master's going to work you know doing the podcast doing all this stuff and you know it's 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 draining but you know, I love it. Yeah. You know, especially when I, I'm dealing with stuff, you know, that I really love to do. You know, as far as like music and, you know, with sports and things like that. Mm-hmm. You know, because I feel like I can maybe be an analyst one day. I don't know. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> you never know. You never know. I mean, because I know, you know, what I would like to do, but mm-hmm. like, you never know. You need your own podcast, honestly. Me? Me? You got the voice for it. You got the voice for it. I never heard that before, but yeah, you you a homebody, so you can you might as well just. I don't get me wrong. Like mm-hmm. believe it or not, I do record myself speaking in my voice memos. Mm-hmm. I have like plenty of like you know little things that I work on where yeah. I just talk about certain things. Do that. You know, uh, I don't know. I just, yeah. I know you feel somebody watching, <laughs> but. Um, yeah, like I mean, I would, I would love to do something, you know, that shows people. To be honest with you, I don't. Let me not. Let me rephrase that. It's not about showing people anything, but just something that gets me out of my comfort zone. Because see, you come from a family where you said your family had businesses. Mm-hmm. See, the businesses in my family stopped 
at like the older generation, like my grandfather yeah. and all of them. Because mm-hmm. when he had his kids, he spoiled them. My mother was spoiled. Mm-hmm. So as far as like businesses and stuff like that, my mom didn't have a business. She dropped out of you know, college when she was pregnant with my first brother. Mm-hmm. You know, so her strongest point was you know teaching us how to um, handle reality. Mm-hmm. But you know, I feel like it's taking things into my own hands and making a name for myself. That's something that came from me, mm-hmm. and me, no one taught me that. No one in my family taught me what I'm going through. That's why it's taking me, you know, longer than it should. But I appreciate it because I'm learning, you know, mm-hmm. along the way. It gives me that time to be able to stop, analyze, instead of just speeding over it where I may miss it. Mm-hmm. So it's hard. Like even coming here, like, was hard for me because like to just get up and drive so far, mm-hmm. you know, to do something that you're not getting no money from. That's mm-hmm. hard. Hey, I'm not. Hey, I'm not gonna lie. Like, I mean. But I'm just. That's yeah, yeah. Just, I'm just speaking facts. No, it's, it's not real. that I wouldn't. I'm here. Yeah. I want to be here. <laughs> yeah. But it's just hard. You know what I mean? Now I'm saying like as a as doing the podcast. Don't get me wrong. You you can make money. Yeah. But it's it's slim. It's not slim to none. That you have to build it up. And yeah. it, it's not yeah. it shouldn't be about that. Yeah, you want to meet people. Like, you want right. to network and also That's even... That's why I'm here. I don't yeah. want you to think that I didn't <laughs> want to be here. But generally speaking, it's hard to do it. You think to yourself, like, damn, that's a lot of gas. But then when you look at it, when you think of, like, yourself in the future, mm-hmm. you're going to look at all the things that you did yeah, the you know, to get to that point, yeah. you know? So, hey, that's, that's what it is. Like, my family, I feel like the reason why I'm not getting as much support mm-hmm. behind my music because they don't see... Like any, nothing's happening right now. Mm-hmm. Right now, this is in a way that they can understand. I'm studying. I'm in school. Mm-hmm. I'm studying for my major right now because mm-hmm. they want me to go to school. Yeah. And I'm just like, until I find something in school that I love, you know. Right now, I'm just it's mm-hmm. music. So for them to relate, right now I'm studying. You're not making no money going to these study groups. You're not making money being tutored. Mm-hmm. You're not making money going to class. I mean, you get a refund check. Yeah, you get a refund check, but, boy. Especially you now. <laughs> Help paying them bills and stuff. Yes, hey. it's the best. I know yeah. this one girl, she took in her refund check. She never spent it. She just, every time she got a refund check, she put it in an account. Like, mm-hmm. For like three, four, five years straight. Went and bought a car, fresh off the lot, paid for it. I'm like, well, you better than me because I'm, I'm spending yeah. some, something out of that. But, no, you know. but I always felt like if you get something, like, one, you always should treat yourself with two. Mm-hmm. If you was to buy something, make sure that it's at least one of the couple things that you invest in that help you and what you want to be at. Like, this camera, for example, I always, even this mic, I should record off the, because um, me and my fiance, we have a podcast too called Cuddle Talk. So, um, yeah, I got I to, gotta, we only, we only got like eight episodes, but you know it's, it's time and stuff like that's that. A lot. You know, it'll be like <laughs> two, three, eight. Like, that's a good amount, yeah. especially to start off with. Yeah, yeah. So okay. it's like I recorded from the laptop, so I'm like, you know what? Let me up it up a little bit. You know, let me get a mic. You know, um, and then I was like, you know, I want to get a, a camera. You know, I want to learn how to, you know, do videos and, you know, of course, take pictures and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, it's always about visuals. You know. Yeah, because I invested in both a camera and a mic. I have a Bluebird. Um, yeah, Blue. 
and I bought a D5000 Nikon. Ended up selling the camera. What? It was too overwhelming. Like, let me tell you, literally, when when it came down to me adjusting the aperture, the um, shutter speed. But how big was that camera, dude? It was pretty big. It yeah. was a professional. It was one of those big. Nah, yeah. That's why I sold it. If it was one of those handhelds that you can, like, do vlogs and selfies yeah, yeah. and stuff with. Oh, you talking about? It was the actual, like, big camera. I mean, yeah. I, it, I got it um, off of uh, Amazon. Yeah. It was a deal. It was a mm -hmm. package deal. It came with the camera. Mm -hmm. It came with, um. Talking about a bigger tripod. than bigger than this, right? No, it was the same, same size. Wait, which what is which the thirty four hundred? It looks sim. It the same size. Mm -hmm. Wait, yeah. yeah. No, mine's is bigger than that. A yeah, little bigger. That's what I'm saying. You had them big ones. Like yeah. The, uh huh. Yeah, it was a little bigger mm -hmm. than it. Just a little bit bigger. Mm -hmm. oh, wait, hold on, can I just hold it? Yeah, yeah, you can hold it. Cause the one I'm thinking about is like it's 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 a little bit bigger than yeah, that. Yeah, cause it was heavy. It was heavier. Yeah, than yeah. Cause yeah. those those are like specifically like for it, you can take pictures on those, but like for video, it's like perfect. Like this one has uh, video, but it's well known for like pictures. You know what I'm saying? When I released dark when I released dark liquor, mm -hmm. I recorded like a little video of me like in the nature or something. And I recorded that off of my camera. Mm -hmm. But as far as like taking pictures and editing them, that's where it became overwhelming for me because. Mm -hmm. just set up my tripod and I just had somebody recording like random things with the camera but that's all I could do was like videos did you know how to edit I edited this how you edit it on a uh, movie, movie? Mm -hmm. on my laptop was it, was it hard no because I mean I just did the basics where I just took like um cut little clips and I mm -hmm. put them you know in certain places and did like the whole fade in, fade out, the transition mm -hmm. or whatever. Those are just basics. You can I learned it off of YouTube. Yeah, YouTube, you can yeah. Step by step and then um, I just sync the music to it. It was very easy. It took me less than an hour. Yeah, because for now, uh, when it comes to pictures, I'm not editing them yet, but like slowly, like little by little I wanna learn how to edit, you know, great, you know, good looking pictures because you never know someone may reach out to me one day and be like I want you to take pictures for this event. And I, I know plenty of people, like, because mm -hmm. I know a lot of people, you know, who don't, they're not, like, established like that. They don't know a lot of people, and mm -hmm. they just want to work. Mm -hmm. So, I know plenty of people like that. So, before, I always ask you two questions before in the podcast. Um, first one is, who are your, who's your top five, like, artists of all time? Okay, MJ, Michael Jackson. Okay. First and foremost, Michael Jackson, Lauren Hill, Jill Scott, mm -hmm. um, Erica Baidu, who else, who else? Mm -hmm. And who else? You say MJ, who else? Michael Jackson, Lauren Hill, mm -hmm. Erica Baidu, okay. Jill Scott. It's a fifth one. It's a fifth one. But I'm contemplating because there's so many. Um, I want to say Yolanda Adams. I'm going to say Yolanda Adams. 
because um, she's like the epitome like of gospel. Like mm -hmm. I feel like Yolanda Adams, she represents like like all of the other gospel artists, mm -hmm. you know, that I grew up, up off of. But she was more so in my era. She's a legend. You know? She's yeah. a legend though, especially in the gospel. Yes, like especially vocally. Yeah. Oh my God, very inspiring. Although I can't hit some of those, those notes because I'm not a soprano, mm. but just to hear her voice make these sounds that I can't make, it's 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 inspiring. It's like one day I'm gonna do that. Like mm. I'm gonna that run. I'm gonna hit that run one day. So just to know, like I, I put her in there because I could have easily been like um, like. Anthony Hamilton is the last one or I could easily say like Stevie Wonder but I wanted to use a gospel artist because that gospel is what brings everything yeah. to, it, it, it's what it completes me as an artist I was talking to my uh, fiance the other day and I was telling her like Kurt Franklin to me is uh, very underrated because she knew how to orchestrate music like he knew how to orchestrate everything I was just listening to his Birth of a New Nation album mm -hmm. on I didn't realize, like, it was so nostalgic. So many songs on that album. It started, I'm like, whoa, I remember this song. You listen to something, you're just like, damn, I remember this song from when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what I grew up off of, mm -hmm. you know? And The Birth of a New Nation is such a great album because it spoke about how people looked at him. They were like, oh, oh, he's perverting the word. Like, he's trying, he, he's taking gospel in, in a, like a perverted kind of way because he's adding hip-hop to it he's rapping you know uh, he changed he stuff. changed the game dude yeah he and uh, not only the, yeah he changed the game mm -hmm. and then he also rec recruited outsiders mm -hmm. i'm just saying i'm quoting outsiders because that's how christians that's why i don't i don't um um i don't call myself a christian like i'm not a christian that's mm -hmm. not what i go as for lack of better words, I can't think of the word right now, but I'm not a Christian. I, I just, um, spiritual, I accept myself as a spiritual being who believe in Jesus Christ, you know, mm -hmm. the Son, the Savior, you know, the world and all of that. But, um, you know, to hear music like that, how someone took something, mm -hmm. like in the Bible, when it comes, like Jesus or whatever, when he was out saving people, he didn't go to churches where people knew him. He went to the slums. He went to the people that needed it, not to the people who already knew. Mm -hmm. So, my aunt on her deathbed, she said, she said, Cree, that's what they call me Cree. Mm -hmm. She said, Cree, um, I think you're singing the wrong genre of music. And she was dying. Mm -hmm. And for her to have one foot in the world and then another foot in another realm, I'm taking everything she says to heart right now because she can be get and anything she tells me can be coming from God because she's mm -hmm. dying. You know, she's one foot in, one foot out. So mm -hmm. when she said that, something changed. You know, within me. So they that birth of a new nation album. I was riding to work, listening to the whole thing. You know, and it just that's what brings everything yeah. together. You know that that piece of gospel because I want it to be in everything like Chance the Rapper yeah yeah the Coloring Book album this is it's, it's very diverse oh my God. the sound is very diverse and like to hear the choir and his mm -hmm. music and all of that it was just it was amazing and very inspiring mm -hmm. so I definitely want to go in the direction where I can take what needs to be said and put it like mash it with what everyone wants to hear so 
neo soul trap mm-hmm. gospel like kind of but neo soul is kind of in my way is gospel in a way yeah in a way it's, yeah it's, it's neo soul is just about the vibe it doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily mean lyrics I can speak about, you know, being spiritual and it still be neo soul, mm-hmm. you know, but I still wanted to have a vibe that attracts, you know, mm-hmm. the youth. So that's what's up. That's what's up. So the last, the last question is that where you see yourself out of ten years from now. Um, ten years from now, mm-hmm. I see myself still underground. Still underground. Not like underground, like nobody. Who's that? Who's that? What's that like, guy's name? Techno. Dr. Dre? Day and night. Day and night. Oh, Kid Cudi? Kid Cudi. Yeah. Like, people know about Kid Cudi, but Kid Cudi not out there like that. He mm. not winning no, like, awards, and he's, like, mainstream, and he's just, or for instance. J. Um, Cole like that, too, though. If you yeah, think about it. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I don't want that fame, you know, like, see it. You know, see it at, um, that Chandelier song. Yeah, 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 yeah. Her, like, or her. H-E-R Yeah I know Yeah yeah You don't even know How they look Because She 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 got a great sound too. Yeah she has a great sound And then on top of that No one knows How she looks So mm-hmm. she can be Amongst us every day She's living her life Like I would like to do that I don't want to be Like Beyonce I don't want To have to To hide myself Just going down the street mm-hmm. So you're pretty much a prisoner in your own home without your security, without mm-hmm. your bodyguards. I want to have a life. I want to enjoy the world. You know, I mm-hmm. want to do those type of things. So that's why I say fame is not my concern. And 10, 10 years from now, I see myself performing on a regular basis, mm-hmm. full time. I'm not working no jobs. Neither is my family. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to take care of them. I'm putting everybody to work, mm-hmm. first and foremost, because I supported myself. That's what, that's what Kevin Hart did. Kevin Hart made all his homeboys. He made sure that each one had their own identity, like had their own thing. And that's what made him being like one of the most paid comedians in like history. That's what I want to do. Because one thing about it, I I, I shed a lot of tears because of the support I don't have. Mm -hmm. So it's very easy to support somebody, but it's it's not easy to give your hard-earned money or hard-earned work to anyone, you know? So it's like, I would rather put you to work as opposed to you not being there for me and just expecting it because we're mm-hmm. family, you know? Like, I'm that type of person. I don't want no one, because instead of me saying no, I'm just going to give you that opportunity to get a yes, you know? Mm-hmm. So you want some money, okay, you work for it. That's the only way you're going to get it. I'm not telling you no, but here's the way to get it, you know? Mm-hmm. So, from, yeah, 10 years from now, I just see myself being a regular Degas Schmegler, you know, artist. But you never know because people gravitate towards yeah, who they want to. I was about to say that because you never know. Your sound may get so... Because yeah. I always had this conversation with each artist, you know, a cult following could take you so far. Like, it's bigger than just being famous, but having that cult following, like Kid Cudi, he could come out right now and... Like for a tour, hope he'll be sold out because the fact that he has that coat following. You know, J. Cole got that coat following, even though he'll probably come out probably like once in the blue moon out of the year. His show gonna get gonna get sold out. So you may become an artist like a hey, Christy Cardi coming out with that tour. I didn't even know about it. It was on her page. Yeah. Sold out five minutes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So. 
there's definitely another reason why I want to change my name because I feel like Christmas like, I'm movie star like, I can just, a lot of people say your You should keep it though Like, you yeah. can see I can see you in movies and things like that You know, yeah. like I said, having your own podcast Being on the radio um, Being a radio host, you know, being the host of a show one day Yeah, I would love to do something like that I'm glad you said that Because, like, just hearing people, like, tell me things like that Is mm-hmm. very inspiring Because mm-hmm. I'm surrounded by people who don't think I can do it mm-hmm. Like, they think my singing is a hobby And it's waiting for me to get over it mm-hmm. And It's, it's, it's like that in the family, but yeah. we gonna we gonna end it on that note. Um, you have any shout outs? Um, anything um, coming up before we? Uh, yeah, as a matter of fact, y'all can um, stay tuned. Uh, March nineteenth, which is not next Monday, but not tomorrow, but next Monday, which is also my birthday. I'm releasing a new single, um, "Whole Grown Woman," and I may you hear it, heard it here first. Drop a second track as well. It's like a like a gift. To those who actually support me and have mm-hmm. been waiting, um, I have a performance coming up March 17th, you mm-hmm. know, at Miami Warehouse for Women Appreciation Month. Um, free for women, seven dollars for guys. Mm-hmm. RSVP. Another thing, I just want to shout out um, the Foul Hundreds, New Miami R and Bay Miami Warehouse, Seldom at Fatal, mm-hmm. Fatal Dino, all of them. Like, I appreciate you guys and your support. And just know I'm not forgetting about y'all and. Um, because of people like them that I'm mm-hmm. still doing what I'm doing now. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, hopefully on the next interview, you can bless out of the DJ Anonymous. Yeah, no, you too. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it because a lot of people don't hit me up to do this. So yeah. When I got that, when I got that, that message, I was all for it. So and I appreciate that too. And you know, before I end the podcast, uh, before I even say what platform I'm on, but you know, when artists tell me that, you know, when they when I hit them up, and it was like, I was excited. I was like, you know, to me, I was excited, but at the same time, me and me, me being so humble, I'm like, you be excited for me, you know, I'm not there yet, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I was but, excited. Mm-hmm. I was excited. When you asked me, I'm like, yes. When my mom heard about it, she was like, she asked me about um, doing something for her today, and I was like, no, I have a podcast, and she didn't know what it was. Mm-hmm. And when I explained it to her, she was like, really? Yeah. Like, when they see things, when they hear about things like that, that's when the support starts pouring yeah. in. Uh, this this gonna be about a two hour, two hour podcast, two and a half hour podcast. One of the longest podcast. I think the longest one I had was like three hours. It was my, my um, one of my friends from high school, so we was catching up. Yeah. You know, then my fiance came in and stuff like that. So it was like three hours, but this one of the like longest. So have all your your fans, you know, your family and stuff. You know, they can listen to you for about two hours and things like that. But that's what's up. 
That's yeah. what's up. Man. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Like, oh, I, I appreciate you for being on the show. Yes, I, I, I appreciate the fact that someone is interested in my uh-huh. life story. It's so boring, <laughs> but actually it's not. <laughs> I can't even tell you the fun part yet, but but that's on part two. We gonna yeah. we gonna we gonna come out. We gonna we gonna have plenty of interviews. You know, like one uh, his his name Andres. He has a a, a clothing brand. So he told me like anonymous. Once I get famous, you know, I want you to be like that that person that I want you to interview me. I'm like, hey, let me be that. Yeah. So I can try. I want to travel. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like I want to go see new places and things like that. But uh, it's been uh, Sports Biz Music uh, episode 18 with Christy Carter. Um, before we go, I like I would like to say um, the Sports Biz Music podcast is on iTunes, iHeart Radio, Radio Public, uh, Audio Boom, Stitcher Radio, uh, Vodou. Um, we trying to be everywhere in everybody's phones, computers, everywhere. But once again, uh, thank you for being on the show, Christy. Find my, uh, find my oh, yes, social yes. media, uh, Instagram, Christy Carter Official. Um, I'm sure you'll spell it out for me. Yes, but, yes. Yeah, Christy Carter Official, SoundCloud, Christy Carter, Facebook, Christy Carter, Twitter, um, Christy Carter underscore. Mm, well, they're going to see on the Sports Biz Music um, page, okay. uh, at Sports Biz Music on Twitter and, and IG. But uh, on that note, we out. <laughs>